inflation, interest rates, the bank crises. It has been a rough couple of years for finances. The financial climate has been sketchy at best. And look, we get it. The market is complicated and confusing. And to many of us, it simply doesn't make sense. In fact, where do you even start? Take all of the guesswork out of it with the Motley Fool Stock Advisor. The Motley Fool has been around for over 25 years and has been spot on in recommending some of the world's most important companies before they hit the big time. I'm talking about Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, Starbucks, all before they exploded in value. And with their easy to use and super informative service, Stock Advisor, you could join the ranks before they potentially find the next big thing. After all, their average stock recommendation is up over 400%, and that's as of April 10th, 2023. And no need to be intimidated by financial jargon or market complexities. As the name suggests, these guys don't take themselves too seriously. Now, finances, that's a different story. Their friendly and relaxed approach has helped over 700,000 people move closer to financial independence all while beating the market and having fun. New members can access Stock Advisor for only $89 for their first year, a full $110 off the full list price. Don't sit on the sidelines and think about what could have happened. Visit fool.com slash gruesome to start your investing journey today. $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew at the then current list price. Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Meg, and adult taxpayer Connie is going to tell us all about the Wanda Beach murders. That's hilarious. Because <laughs> we put it tell- off until the last day. The <laughs> last day. We were so nervous. Like <laughs> The government is scary. I don't know why I think... Every time I pay taxes, I'm like, this is it. I'm going down. They're coming like I'm some to, they're kind of me. some kind of white collar criminal. I know. And it's <laughs> like I know I didn't lie on that tax return, but what if I did? Like what, what if, if I accidentally di- lied? What if I said something and they were like, what if I filled <laughs> out the wrong line? Taxes make me nervous, but I don't so nervous. I don't think they're that bad. I think we make them out to be worse in our head because of TV. Do TV. they have tax days like we do in America, like in other countries, where it's like you have your taxes are due on April 18th? I read somewhere that they tell you exactly like how much you owe or don't owe without having to go through the whole process. I don't know if that's true. Because <laughs> I always feel like, maybe, what do I owe? I don't know. We are not going to tell you until you (laughs) bend over. You got to fill out five different forms and then we'll make a guesstimation. And then that might be right, Mm -hmm. but it might be wrong. We might send you an email that says, hey, actually, a little bit more. A little bit less. Actually, we may come take you to jail. (laughs) We're going to audit you. Uh, Audits are my biggest fear. Like I would, back in the day when I would get a tax return, I was like, I'm going to get audited. Like for what? I don't know. I have like a straight, straight to the point, like 
two incomes. That's it. Let's go. Just was four dudes like, that look like they work in men in black come up and <laughs> they're like, hey, <laughs> we're going to need to see those 1095s, ma'am. <laughs> that expense report. <laughs> they're like, all right, all right. You I did make my phone bill $5 more. This. <laughs> oh, it's so nerve wracking. But anyways. I hope you guys um, were all safe from the government. Mark, safe from the government this tax oof. season. I had like executive dysfunction thinking about doing taxes. It was like I was so paralyzed by the idea. And ke- like we had someone else do our taxes for us, but I was still like. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> and then the guy told us at first, he's like, oh, yeah, $30,000. That's what you're going to owe. And we were like, <laughs> it wasn't that Uh, much we're not balling like that guys don't worry (laughs) (laughs) okay maybe one day manifesting well keeping up with covering cases that you guys request tonight we are going to cover the wanda beach murders this is an australian case and it's sad awful horrific and it is unsolved no Thank you for the warning. I want to rip that Band-Aid off right away. And this case triggered a deep dive into several other cases that are or could be related to this case that we're going to talk about the end. So expect a few follow-up episodes regarding some of those cases. Trigger warnings for this week. Murder, crimes against children, and sexual assault. So let's get to it. Marion Schmidt immigrated to Australia with her parents, Elizabeth and Helmut, and five siblings, Helmut Jr., Hans, Peter, Trixie, and Wolfgang, from Germany in 1958. The move was part of a government initiative to help families after the war. A year after the move, another son, Norbert, was welcomed into the family. Marianne was eight years old when her family moved to West Ride in Sydney. They had lived in a migrant hostel in Unadera, New South Wales, for a few years before settling in West Ride in 1963. Marianne, now 13, was settling into her new home when she met Christine Sherrick, the granddaughter of neighbors Jim and Jeanette Tague. Christine was also 13 when she met Marianne. The two became immediate best friends. They did everything together, literally joined at the hip. Christine lived with her grandparents on her own accord, and I couldn't find a lot of information regarding like any reasons as to why she decided to live with her grandparents, like if there was an issue with her family or something. Just a little extra bit of information. Six months after moving into their home, tragedy struck when Marianne's dad passed away from Hodgkin's disease which is a cancer that develops in the lymph lymph node system. He wasn't sick for very long before he passed away, so the whole family took it pretty hard when Helmet died. And I guess that's to say, like, they would have taken it hard even if they knew for a while, but sometimes I feel like, at least like in my experience, um, you can kind of prepare yourself, you know? Anyways. Helmut's death brought Marianne and Christine even closer together because like Marianne, she had also lost her dad at a young age. 
A little over a year passed and the girls were just living their best lives. They spent most of the summer, which to us in America is actually the winter, but they spent most of their summer at the Cronulla beaches. They were spending time listening to music, hanging out, and talking to boys. The girls, who were now 15, woke up expecting to spend January 10th, 1965 at the beach. Just like they had all of the other days, only they were met with rainy weather that forced them to stay inside. Marianne and her oldest brother, Helmut Jr., were tasked with keeping an eye on their siblings while their mom was hospitalized for an operation. And I looked to see what kind of surgery she was having just out of curiosity, but I only found reports of, like I said, a major operation. But regardless, Marianne asked if her and Christine could take the four younger siblings, Peter, Trixie, Wolfgang, and Norbert, to the beach. They lived close enough that they could hop on a train and be at the beach in a couple hours. Although the day was still pretty windy, they loaded the kids up and hopped on the train to Wanda Beach. Where's our festival, fam? It's peak festival season, and what do you need for any festival you hit up besides an outfit that slays? Hydration. You know you're heading to that festival knowing you're going to be super dehydrated when you leave, whether it's from the elements or just some activities you may partake in during that day and night. This is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of sports drinks. My favorite is how I can just slip one of the convenient pouches into my fanny pack and dance the day away. And with amazing flavors like passion fruit, my fave, guava, and the new strawberry lemonade and sea berry, you really can't go wrong. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, vitamin C, B3, B5, B6, B12. I could not be, you see what I did there, any more stoked about this product. And we love a company that gives back. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 3 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. What are you waiting for? Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code gruesome at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using promo code gruesome at liquidiv.com. You're already using this product. Why not get a discount on something you already love? Their hopes for a great beach day were short-lived when they arrived and realized that the wind had increased in severity and the beach was closed when they got there. But as we all know, nothing is going to stop two determined 15-year-old girls. And Marianne and Christine were determined to make the best of a dreary day and have a good time with Marianne's siblings. They started to walk south on the beach when they finally found an area that wasn't closed where there were some rocks that gave them some protection from the strong coastal winds. They swam, played, and enjoyed a picnic lunch of sandwiches that they had packed and brought with them. At some point during the late morning slash early afternoon, Christine walked away from the group by herself, but returned around one o'clock. It is still unknown where she ventured off to. But honestly, I remember being 15 and I remember making plans to meet up with friends or boys. And their diaries would later be read and it would say that like they had met some boys at the beach previously, just a couple weeks before, and they had kissed them. So maybe she met up with a boy that she knew just to like hang out. Again, we really don't know. 
When Christine arrived back from her walk, the group walked even further along the beach, ending up near the Wanda Beach Surf Club. When they got to this area, the younger kids were done with the beach. They started to complain about the weather, the walking, and the fact that sand kept blowing into their faces, which, same, (laughs) that wouldn't be fun. They took shelter again behind a sand dune that shielded them from the blowing sand and uncomfortable weather conditions. As the younger kids bunkered down, Marianne and Christine told the kids to just hang tight and they would go back and get all of the stuff that they left where they had set up their picnic and then they would take the train and head home. So it was like a, hey, stay put. We're going to head and get the bags and then we're going to blow this popsicle stand and we'll get home. That's it. Marianne left her radio so that the kids would have something to listen to while they walked back to retrieve their bags and other belongings. But when the girls headed off to get their bags, they started to walk in the wrong direction. So they essentially just, they were continuing walking in the direction that they were already walking instead of returning to the direction that they came from. Peter, Marianne's younger brother, called out to them, hey, you guys are going the wrong way. And the girls just laughed and continued on their way. Wolfgang, another one of Marianne's brothers, would later say that he saw a teenage boy crab hunting with either a spear or a knife when Christine walked, like, went on her walk by herself. And although the physical description of him varied, what he was wearing always remained the same. A shirtless boy with a blue towel over his shoulder and light gray bottoms. He also would say that that same boy... That he saw the same boy after Christine and Marianne walked away heading in the same direction that they were. There was also a firefighter, Dennis Dostein, and his son on the beach that day. And he would later say that he saw the girls walking down the beach. And that it was almost like they were worried about being followed because one of them kept checking behind them. But he never saw anyone following them. And this would be the last account of anyone seeing the two girls alive. Around five o'clock, the girls were worried or the kids were worried that something had happened because Marion and Christine hadn't returned from collecting the bags. They were confused and worried and they just thought something was seriously wrong. They made the decision as a group to go back to where their things were and retrieve their belongings and get on the train home so that they weren't stranded there overnight. And they were hoping that by doing this, they would see Marianne and Christine on their way. Like maybe they got hung up, hung up with friends. Maybe they were just like hanging out and they could be like, hey, like we're still here. Take us home. (laughs) You forgot about us. After grabbing their things and still having no sign of Marianne or Christine, the four young children took the 6 p.m. train back home. And I do mean young. Peter was only 10. Trixie was nine. Wolfgang was eight. And Norbert was six. So they arrived back home around 8 o'clock and immediately went to Christine's house where they informed Christine's grandparents of what had happened and that the girls had never returned from the beach as like they had said they would. By 8.30, the girls were reported as missing. The girls had reputations of being smart, well-behaved, and most importantly, happy. So the police took the report very serious and never once saw that the girls had run away. Hans had to go to the hospital to inform Marianne's mom that the girls were missing and they didn't return from the beach. And he would later say that it was almost like his mom immediately knew something had happened because she just started crying and said she's gone. 
The alert went out and the search started for the two teenagers. And the next day, 17-year-old Peter Smith was on the beach with his two younger nephews when they spotted something in the sand on Wanda Beach that looked like it might be a mannequin face down. When he got a little closer, he realized right away and to his horror that he had discovered a body and it wasn't a mannequin at all. He grabbed his nephews and ran to the Wanda Beach Surf Club where he called the police to report that he had found a body on the beach. The body that he discovered was Christine's. At first, they only thought he had discovered one body, but when police started moving the sand, they found a left foot sticking out. Marianne was found laying on her right side with her left foot bent with her left leg bent and her foot near Christine's head. Scratch marks were observed on both of the girls' faces, and there was a 37-yard, 34-meter, for all of our metric friends, drag mark that led up to the location of their bodies. Police deduced that they believed that Christine tried to make a run for it, but was caught, possibly incapacitated, and dragged back to the location where her body was found. Both girls were found with their bathing suits partially cut off, and the scene suggested that Marianne had been murdered first. There were pools of blood along the drag marks that suggested the killer had stopped a few times while dragging Christine's body back to where it was discovered, which gave a clue to police because Christine was pretty small-statured, so it showed that whoever was responsible for the murder wasn't overly strong. Like a big, grown, burly man most likely wouldn't have had that kind of difficulty. The autopsy's results were absolutely horrific. In fact, they were so horrific that the full results of the autopsy were never completely revealed to the public. It was, however, revealed that Marianne had been stabbed many, many times with one of the stab wounds puncturing her heart. Her throat had been cut so severely that she was nearly decapitated. Her brother Hans went to the police station with his mom and saw the photo of Marianne's body and said that he never fully recovered from seeing recovered from seeing what happened to his sister. Even with a turtleneck shirt on at her funeral, slash marks were still able to be seen popping out of the top of the shirt. Oh, that's she, awful. Awful. She was stabbed between 25 and 30 times. Christine was also stabbed several times, and she also suffered significant blunt force trauma to the back of her head, which investigators believe occurred when she tried to run away. There were signs of an attempted rape, but it was classified as sexual assault. And it sounds so gross to say, and I'm sorry, because both girls' hymens were still intact. Ew, that is gross. Sorry. Like, when I was, I was like, that's why they classified it that, and it just felt like... Ugh, like rolling like what as I was saying it yeah there was semen collected off of one of the girls' short Christine shorts but that piece of evidence it wouldn't be revealed until later and we'll talk about that in a little bit a toxicology report was performed and Christine had a blood alcohol level of 0.015 And while there isn't the possibility that it was left in her system from the night before, it is more likely that it was from like one beer or a drink that she had the day she was murdered. She had also eaten something with celery or cabbage that day, which are two ingredients that weren't in the sandwiches that the girls had packed for the like the picnic that they had. 
So it's thought that the ingredients could have came from a Chico roll, which to my understanding is kind of like an egg roll. Aussie listeners, feel free to correct me on anything (laughs) and everything about this because you guys are the most like, hey, that's wrong. You said that wrong. You did this wrong. The discrepancies between the contents found in the two girls' stomachs suggest that Christine may have eaten something and had a drink when she was on the walk by herself further leading investigators to believe that she had met up with someone or a group of someone's, but it, no one has ever like come forward saying that they were who she was with when she went on her walk. The sand surrounding the area was thoroughly searched for any clues to who could have murdered the girls. The sand was sifted and a bloody knife was discovered during the search but it wasn't able to be linked to the girl's murder. And I have no idea why. So just an extra bloody knife. That's disconcerting. Well, why is I that did, there? I did think like, cause I had that thought too. And it is a surf town, a fishing, like, you know, a fishing area. So maybe someone had it like while they were fishing, you know, like, cause I would think if blood was on it, they would have been able to match the blood to the DN, like one of the girl's DNA. So I don't know if like they weren't able to, like if it was contaminated because it had been in the sand. I'm not too sure. Tire marks were also found near the location of the girls' bodies. But again, it's a public beach. So investigators were unable to link it to the girls' murders. Other than the firefighter, no one else came forward about having seen the girls on the beach that day. The four siblings were questioned at length, almost at nauseam about anything that they may have seen. And this is when Wolfgang told them about the boy on the beach that appeared to be crab hunting or something of the sort. This boy would never be identified. And there was a lot of like, I guess hate would not hate, but just like annoyance when with Wolfgang for him talk, like his description of the boy changed a little bit, but Mm -hmm. he's also like eight years old, you know? Like, yeah, he's a child and and he was traumatized like his sister was just murdered. Like it's easy to like and it's a windy day. Like I could see where you would have some discrepancies. They're getting sand in their face. They're not paying attention. I don't know if you're hanging out with all your siblings. You're probably not paying attention to random boys that are just, you know, yeah, crab, it may crab have been hunting one of those or whatever. Things, like afterwards where you're like, oh, wait, there was someone out there. And then I saw that kid again, like walking towards the direction that my sister was going. Hello, fellow puzzle enthusiasts. You know what's just as bad as stepping on a Lego? When one of your cardboard jigsaw puzzles has a bent piece and then it doesn't fit quite right. That is why I am excited to tell you about Wongo Puzzles. Each puzzle is a masterpiece cut out of real wood with super cool designs and interesting shapes that will challenge and delight you. And they come with all the pieces, guaranteed. They are 100% wooden puzzles that will last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same. And you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work your way through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. And they really are awesome gifts. I'm going to get the animal bundle because I can gift the salamander and the elephant puzzle and then keep the turtle puzzle for myself. What are you waiting for? Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. Be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME for 10% off your order. 
This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use the code GRUESOME to get 10% off your order. And get puzzling right now! Another lead came from reports, and I think it's a pretty significant lead, that a man had been sexually harassing girls on the beach that day, and the lifeguard had to escort him off the beach. And although the lifeguard in question confirmed that this happened, that man was also never identified. 7,000 people were interviewed in relation to the girls' murders, making it the largest investigation in Australian history. Even with a $20,000 reward, the case went cold. And even though I said at the beginning of the episode that this is still a cold case and has not been solved, there are a few notable suspects, and we're going to talk about them. His name is spelled C-E-C. How would you pronounce that? Cease? C. C? Yeah. C. Maybe Johnson, a former... We'll, we're going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> C. Johnson, a former detective who investigated the murders, was given a painting titled A Bloody Awful Thing by a man named Alan Bassett, who was in prison for the murder of 19-year-old Carolyn Orphan. Carolyn had been attacked, raped, strangled, and had her skull crushed with a rock. The painting was an abstract landscape piece that showed blood trails, a broken knife blade, and the body of a victim. Johnson believed that the painting showed things about the Wanda Beach murders, as well as information regarding two other unsolved murders, the murders of Wilhelmina Kruger and Anna Dalinkoa. Wilhelmina Kruger was murdered on January 29th, 1966. She was found partly stripped of her clothes. She had been brutally stabbed, strangled, and mutilated. It was considered like an extreme level of violence, and her killer had never been has never been identified. Police felt that the murder the murderer may be the person who is responsible for the Wanda Beach murders, but they've never came out and said exactly why they believe that. Less than three weeks after she was murdered, Anna was found murdered. She was found partially nude and stabbed before again being mutilated. She was also strangled. And again, the investigators strongly believe that her murder was connected to Marianne and Christine's, but they have never come out and explicably said why. Her murder has also never been solved. Alan Bassett was released from prison in 1995 after serving 29 years for the murder of Carolyn. He actually sued um, a reporter slash author who wrote about him being responsible for the murders, specifically the Wanda Beach murders. Um, When he was released, he volunteered to give a DNA sample to clear his name. And this was before it was released that DNA had been found on Christine Shorts. Mm-hmm. And it is not known whether or not he ever gave the DNA sample because the police has ne- have never released that information. Oh, do they not just take one when you're in prison for murder? I mean, like, I know I the United like... States, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel like I don't that's going to be something they're going to want to have on hand. But I feel like, I don't know, because I know a lot of times, and someone's going to come at us and be like, you guys aren't law enforcement officers, which we're not. But I know you have to have probable cause to, like, obtain someone's DNA. And and it was the 60s. Well, I guess it was the mm-hmm. 90s as well, but still. Yeah, I don't know. 
Another suspect in the case was a man named Christopher Wilder. Wilder was responsible for at least eight murders in the United States, all across America. He was known as the beauty queen killer. Um, We're going to talk about him. He's going to be an episode very soon. Spoiler alert. He immigrated to the United States in 1969 after getting a divorce from a marriage that only lasted a week. He had previously been arrested in 1963 for taking part in a gang rape, coincidentally, on a beach. It was actually his ex-wife who reported her concerns to the police about his involvement in the Wanda Beach murders. But the police took too long to to look into it, and by the time they did, he had already fled to the United States. He would have For been no ni- reason, I'm sure. He would have been 19 when the murders were committed. You know, there was a teenage boy out there. That's all of the like hype has been around this crab hunt, you know, like this guy who was crabbing or, you know, like who was Christine with type thing. The police never had a chance to question him. Because he accidentally shot and killed himself during a shootout slash like squirmish with the police in 1984. And like I said, I will be covering him for an episode in the very near future. All right. Well. Oh, fuck. Wow. Like just in that very short snippet, lots to unpack there. (laughs) Lots to unpack. Like, I would assume... Like he murdered have... eight people before, like before he was a teenage, like as a no, teenager. No, that was still? after he moved to the United States. So it was after okay. he was a teenager. Yeah, gotcha. I was which <laughs> I spiraled. Like I thought maybe he got like he murdered the girls, and he was like, because it's an escalation from gang rape, and then he's like, wait, I like this. I'm gonna go to the United States where I can do this more. Maybe it was because there was such a, I mean, they they interviewed 7,000 people. So there was, you know, this was a high priority case. High profile. And then I thought to myself, how dumb do you have to be to accidentally shoot yourself? <laughs> and like, uh, like you're in a shootout and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. This didn't go down how I planned. What a mess. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing your take on that. Mm-hmm. I love my Blendjet 2 Portable. I make breakfast smoothies in the morning with just some almond milk, frozen fruit, yogurt, and I can walk out the door with breakfast in hand in less than a minute. It's so easy to clean up and you get to see the cool little water tornado it makes when you rinse out whatever you just blended. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, you can do a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up your entire house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges so quickly via USB-C. And best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. You just blend water with a drop of soap and you are good to go. If they have it in a certain color, will you get it? Well, you're in luck because Blendjet has more than 30 colors and patterns to choose from. You should definitely check out the Disney prints. They are very cute. I need a Buzz Lightyear one. What are you waiting for? Go to Blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. 
No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Finally, we are brought to Derek Percy. In 1969, Percy was sentenced to remain in custody indefinitely for the murder of Yvonne Tui. Yvonne was murdered on a Victoria beach at just 12 years old. Because of the manner in which she was killed, police believe that there are several other murders slash disappearances that could be linked back to him. We're going to go over those. Simon Brooks was just three years old when he was found in a cubbyhole murdered not far from where he lived percy said that he did drive down the road that day of the murder but he couldn't remember if he murdered him or not ew mm-hmm. and uh the beaumont children which is another huge case in yeah, australia we talked about this one briefly mm-hmm. um they disappeared from the beach never to be seen again Police were able to show that Percy was in the area at the same time, but again, he said he couldn't remember. Linda Stilwell was eight years old when she disappeared from the beach while playing with her friends. Her body has never been recovered, but Percy also admitted to being in the area that day. Alan Redston was found dead in a muddy creek not far from his home. Percy resembled the image that was released to the public and also admitted to being in the area at that time, but again, could, said he couldn't remember anything. When he was asked if he was responsible for the deaths of Marianne and Christine, he responded with, I could have done it, but I don't remember. He also looked like the description of the boy that was thought to be crab hunting that day. Police held out for a deathbed confession, but when he died from in 2013 from cancer any secrets that he had he took with him he was deemed unfit to plead guilty to the murder of yvonne by reason of insanity so he had a lot of stuff going on up yeah why could he not remember anything apparently mm-hmm. everything he's like maybe i don't know i can't remember and han said that they went out to the area where marianne and christine's bodies were found And even though it wasn't far from the Wanda Beach Surf Club, it was hidden by like they were hidden behind two sand dunes and it was still pretty isolated. And if the girls were screaming, no one would have been able to hear. Which is awful. Yeah. It wasn't until 2012 when police finally announced that they had found a weak DNA sample on Christine Short's. It was too weak for it to be tested at the time, but investigators were confident that eventually technology would advance and they would be able to test that DNA. That hope was short-lived because in 2014, it was announced that this semen sample, as well as other possible items of evidence, were lost. Mary and siblings all remain hopeful that at some point their sister's killer will be brought to justice. Like they're just lost? They're gone? I, when, let me tell you, when I read that, I had like a, you know, it's not safe to make assumptions and I don't want to be that person, but I was like, oh, that's convenient. Like, how did that happen? Who was involved? How did this get lost? Mm -hmm. And that's not to like shit on the Sydney police or anything like that. Like, so don't take it as that. Like, she's like, oh, she's accusing 
the police of being involved. Well, you did just, just do that case with the, you know, I the did. stuff that was just in the bottom yeah. of the box, and it was the guy. Like, I see where your thought process is. They all kind of I was of like, wait us. a second. <laughs> Always wait suspicious. Second. <laughs> no one is clear now for me. Like, no one is clear. Unfortunately, her mom, Elizabeth, passed away in 2009 from stomach cancer, never knowing who murdered her daughter, which is awful. Yeah, that's really sad. This case has been requested a lot. And I have seen it. I have seen it come across the emails and the um, social media a couple times. Hans has petitioned the police several times because he feels like the pictures of their bodies should be released to the public. Um, Is Hans the one who had to see them or Wolfgang was? Hans was. Oh, okay. So he feels like they should, like they should have to, like that they should be released. Like maybe it can trigger, like you know, something about the something. scene. You know. Yeah. I could see uh. where that would be. If the autopsy reports are so horrific, they can't tell you everything. Then I feel, and like you're saying, like I have never recovered from seeing these pictures. I just don't I know what I maybe like increase public outrage about it. Yeah, again and I agree. Get that like notoriety. And if it were my sister, I would want them to do everything possible. And if we got to this point, like this many years later, where it was like, hey, okay, you have to do something. Like, let's take a drastic measure. Let's release these pictures. Let's. I mean, this was a pretty notorious case in Australia, right? Mm hmm. So I don't know if it would muster up any more outrage than is already. Oh yeah, it has to be because it's her like it's gruesome. It's awful. I hate to think that like I was crushed knowing like she was being like such a stand up sister and being like, hey, uh, you know, we'll keep the kids like you know while her mom's in surgery, like stepping up. I love my Blendjet 2 Portable. I make breakfast smoothies in the morning with just some almond milk, frozen fruit, yogurt, and I can walk out the door with breakfast in hand in less than a minute. It's so easy to clean up and you get to see the cool little water tornado it makes when you rinse out whatever you just blended. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, you can do a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up your entire house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges so quickly via USB-C. And best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. You just blend water with a drop of soap and you are good to go. If they have it in a certain color, will you get it? Well, you're in luck because Blendjet has more than 30 colors and patterns to choose from. You should definitely check out the Disney prints. They are very cute. I need a Buzz Lightyear one. What are you waiting for? Go to Blendjet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 
portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the promo code GRUESOME12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Her brother Han said, like, when they left, um, Helmut Jr. and Han stayed, like, they were supposed to stay home and clean the house while the kids, like, why the girls took the little kids to the beach. To the beach. And he said it was, like, very anticlimactic when she left. They were just like, okay, all right, see you later. Because you never know. Like, you never know that's the last time you're ever going to talk to, like, your sibling. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. And then I thought about, like, how worried the kids must have been, like, just sitting there, like, okay. And I remember being young. And, like, I, I'm sure the first thought was, like, all right, where the hell did they go? Mm-hmm. Like, they're probably talking to someone. They just left us here. And then, like, the worry sets it up. Like, wait a second. No, really. Where, <laughs> where are they? they? Or just the idea that they were walking in the opposite direction to, like, start with. That's a little confusing. Well, I had the thought that maybe they were meeting people. Like trying to ditch their little siblings or their younger yeah, siblings. Yeah, like, maybe they were meeting boys. Like, maybe they had, like, met people. They were, like, going to hang out with them. And originally, like, maybe the kids were going to be there, too, you know? But the kids were, like... Look, we're not digging this walking shit. Like, we're done. Mm-hmm. The beach sucks today. The, it's windy. The sand's in our face. Like, we don't want to be here. We want to go home. And the girls were like, okay, well, like, we could absolutely go home. We're going to go get your stuff. But they're in their heads. They're like, yeah, we're going to go hang out with these people first. Because mm-hmm. he said, that, like, when they were, when Peter was like, hey, you're going the wrong way. And when they just laughed about it. Hmm. Well, that's a bummer. This is a bummer case. And I do hope one day they find all of the stuff they need in a box and they test it and it just, mm-hmm. you know, leads yeah. them to the right person. I, I hear your case about the beauty queen killer person. I think I've like read a synopsis on him before. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, a- Every morning I grind up whole bean coffee and make a French press because I find that I get a better tasting cup. And when Laird Superfood asked us to give an honest testimony of their coffee, I was ready to let the coffee snob in me rage. But I was pleasantly surprised. Their whole bean Peruvian medium roast coffee was really good. It was smooth and rich. You could tell that it was slow roasted. And then I got to try the Peruvian with extracts of functional mushrooms. And I was a little bit nervous. I had heard about the benefits of mushrooms like cordyceps and lion's mane and chaga. But I was afraid of the taste. And Laird Superfood proved me wrong again. Not only was it delicious, but I did feel more alert and focused and less anxious than I normally do after drinking a cup or three. It was just an added bonus that all Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel into your routine. I appreciate their all-natural whole food ingredients with honest and transparent labeling. If you appreciate a good cup of coffee, I think you will too. Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com slash gruesome and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code gruesome at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. Australia has some gnarly cases. They do. They do. And a lot of them happen on beaches. Yeah, and I'm not trying to throw shade because, honey, we live in the United States. Like, we get it. Like, it's not a dig just, in Australia. I'm just, just saying. I guess 
they are more of an like an island. <laughs> like a big, big island, but like there's a lot more beaches there. I know. I used to think the only thing negative in Australia were like the giant spiders and kangaroos that would kick your ass, but <laughs> Those are scary. When I see those videos of kangaroos, you're like, don't look them in the eye. They always look at you like they're ready to square up. Yeah. I've only ever seen kangaroos at the zoo, and they have never looked at me like that. But the ones on the internet all do. Are, and this may be a very stupid question if someone's going to come at me. Are the kangaroos you see at the zoo, are they in smaller capacity, like size-wise? Are they, like, smaller than the ones out Are they, like, life? pygmy kangaroos? Because I always <laughs> thought a kangaroo was, like, the size of my dad ready to, like... I think maybe they're different sizes. Like, maybe some of them are bigger and some of them are smaller. Like, maybe we're seeing at the zoo, like, more younger kangaroos. I don't know. I would hate to think they were all baby Or maybe keepers. they're just not in their natural habitat and they can't like thrive and become as big as they might if they were in their action where they're supposed to be. It's like a snake. It'll only grow as big as their cage that they're in or some, some reptile like that. I don't know. All fish, I know is this goldfish. Oh, we had a fish named Gary and he just recently passed away. RAP Gary. Um, but he, I thought he was dead for like we went to Florida and right before we went to Florida, he was like just hanging out at the bottom of the tank. I was like, oh man, this fool's dead. But I, so I tried to get him out and I was like, I'm going to flush him and then go buy another Satan beta fish. Cause this guy, I mean, in beta fish years, he lived a full year. He's living a good life. Don't I thought he was fish happy. Live for like quite a while. Oh shit. I hope not. Cause now I feel <laughs> even worse. Like something bad. I thought I did good. Kept him for a year. But when I tried to scoop him out, he was swimming. Like, he swam away from me. And I was like, all right, you're He's not like, dead. No, you're just I'm not lazy. ready. And then we got back from Florida. Like, my mother-in-law came and fed him a couple times. And then we got back from Florida. Same thing. Wouldn't move off the bottom of the floor. But he would swim upright if you tried to get him out. And then finally, he... Maybe he was sick. And also, I don't know how long he was in that container at Meyer. Could have been years. <laughs> well, um, a betta fish lifespan is two to five years oh he died middle-aged <laughs> but like if you think about it like a koi fish like a big koi fish they live for like 35 years oh like that's an old fish <laughs> i think i think sometimes when my dog does like really stupid shit i'm like man you're old that's why i'm gonna like it's fine whatever and then I see like videos and they're like this demented old man living in your home. Yeah. And then I see videos where it's like my shit zoo lived to be 24. And I was like, damn, Stark, you're only like 10. Get your shit together. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, man? Uh, my dog's 10 too, but he has a white beard. So I just. Like, oh, you're always like a scruffy old man. Yeah, I know you're old. But he's not. I he's had to lock heart. up my bathroom trash can because Stark kept eating my menstrual discs. Ugh. Yeah. Dogs are gross. They're so fucking gross. Ew. Like, you're just going to eat that and then come look at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you got a problem? <laughs> what the heck? I'm going to change the subject so I don't gag. <laughs> Uh, 
I got in an argument with my dad on the phone. Do you want to hear about it? It was yeah, about absolutely. murderers. So my dad is of the opinion that there are more mass shootings because of first-person shooter video games. Okay. And we got into a little bit of a, a an argument about it. And then I was... <laughs> My dad's one of those people where it's like not worth my energy to fight about. Like I'm not oh, going to change his that. mind. You know those yeah. people you're just like I'm not going to change your mind. You just like you want to keep going and I'm not going to do it. So I changed the subject to something similar that he didn't know anything about and I was like, "Do you know how in serial killers from like like the 60s and 70s they think that there's some kind of link like, you know, there's lead in the gas or there's um like something with the Vietnam War, or all these things that like caused more serial killers to come of that. What if something similar is happening now, and it's like the how that was the golden age of serial killer, and this is like a golden age of mass shooting, and then we're gonna get this research out, and this it'll show like why we had so many around this time. And he stopped talking after that. We changed the subject, <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> but um, I don't it know. It's interesting to think about something that popped into my mind because we had there were so many serial killers then and right now we're having so many mass shootings in the u.s so just food for thought thought. although i did watch a tiktok that was talking about how many active serial killers are in the united states and they like did a bunch of pinpoint maps and i was like the chicago one we keep getting blown up about yeah one where there's like there is a serial killer in chicago we are confident here is all the proof I we see it. We see <laughs> I agree you. with you. <laughs> it's probably going to be a mini episode on our Patreon since it's an. I don't have enough information there to do a full episode. I don't think, but because it's all these unsolved murders, right? Dude, Lots there's so many. There's, I think there was Chicago, and I'm gonna stop myself because I can't there were like three other places where they had all of these like little like pins in a map and they're like the people have been found dead or disappeared from this area and I was like holy shit like why is this not national news because this seems pretty significant to me I feel like they have to be investigating that there's no way that they're not that they're not looking into that they're probably just not saying like hey we think there's a serial killer so as to not incite Mm -hmm. panic and yeah and we do live in the age of tiktok and podcasters where all of us are like we are gonna solve this we're cracking <laughs> we're gonna this find wide open. it we're the Ugh. only one who knows this information no one else is tracking this except for the specific person making the video <laughs> i uh the scary thought does like run across my mind sometimes where i'm like someone there's gonna be like a podcaster serial killer one day we're like, they're picking off podcasters, like true crime podcasters or something. Like that there sometimes crosses my mind. I'm like, there was just a podcaster murdered. Really? Yeah, I, I can't. I that. don't know the specifics of it, but I just saw the headline scrolling like CNN or whatever the hell news station pops up on Facebook now. I don't know. And I was like, Holy murdered sh- by stalker right mm-hmm. there. Oh, they had a protection order against them. The best part is this happened right when I opened up my Instagram and I was like, well, shit. 
Damn, that is rough. Oh, yeah. Shit. She and her husband were murdered by this stalker. Well, that's scary and sad. So I'm sorry it's I awful. brought that up because now I freaked myself out. Mm-hmm. That is scary to think about. I think about that any profession where you're like opening yourselves up to the public or like what we do or and I'm not sitting here being like, oh, podcasting is a dangerous job. I'm just saying it. It incites a little bit more fear. Yeah, I usually walk that around idea. Oof. World I is think scary. Especially, the world is a I scary place. With like true crime podcasts, though, it's like uh, you see what people are capable of. So it makes you extra nervous. <laughs> it makes you extra anxious. You start thinking more when you're walking through a parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. We're not going to get on that train. <laughs> no parking garage is allowed here. They're too spooky. Although I am a parking garage at the airport, girly. I know you are. We've you've <laughs> scolded me for this in public before. I don't need any more. <laughs> I don't need any more public lashings for my choices to park in the economy lot. <laughs> I don't see the point. The point is that you pay less when you park. That's the point. We are going to... Go ahead. I just... I understand that, like, time is money. And, like, you pay more and it saves you time. And, like, that's the investment there. That's the switch off. I'm always willing to spend a little bit more time to get a better deal. (laughs) I ain't got nothing but time. That's where you get the biggest difference between the two of us. (laughs) Because... We're going to Vegas in just a couple weeks and we are staying at a hotel the night before because I made that mistake before of not doing that. We went to LA last year and I will never do that again. I'm not going to have that anxiety of trying to catch an early morning flight. So we're going to stay in a hotel. And my aunt was like, oh, it's so great. It's free parking. They'll shuttle you to the airport. And my husband and I were like, "Uh uh-uh. I'm going to drive my car and park in that parking garage so I can yeah, well, walk. But when you come back, you're going to want your car like immediately. You're not going to want to yeah. get on a shuttle, go back to a hotel, get in your mm-hmm. car. Yeah, that I, I'm with you on that. I feel like that's fair. I that's feel fair. like coming back from Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas kid free in several years. So like I may like – R.I.P. me. Like, it may not be a good situation. <laughs> you might not come back. Um, I've never been to Vegas. So you pour one out for the homies while you're out there. <laughs> I'm going with things like exclusively to go to Hell's Kitchen to meet my Lord and Savior, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <sighs> I hope he's there. He won't be. It's fine. But I'm still going to cry when I eat that beef welly. <laughs> that's all i wanted yeah, to chef. do <laughs> they were like what do you want to do i was like hell's kitchen well what do you want to do other than that i don't give a shit what we do <laughs> i want to go to hell's kitchen i'm gonna I go to eat. a dispensary bar and then go to hell's kitchen my whole vacation is just planned around what i eat yes. every time it's like where are we eating that's all i care about mm, now i'm hungry 
on that. I had note. a really hard time in England when I went because of the eating, because they they're not on the same. At least my family wasn't. They're not on the same like eating schedule. They eat really late. They eat differently. Really messed me up. We're eight. We're late eaters. My mother in law can't understand it because like we'll we get home from sports and stuff, and I'm cooking at like seven o'clock at night, and we're eating like seven thirty eight o'clock. Yeah, I'm not a late eater either. I'm an early eater. Mm. She's always like, I don't understand how you guys do it. I just eat I'm so a, late. I'm a seven, twelve, and five kind of girl. <laughs> like, no three meals. Let's go. The kids know that that you get a snack when you come home because we're eating after we're done with sports. Or what? I can't even say blame it on sports because it could be like a fucking Tuesday night. And I don't have shit to do, and I'm still not cooking dinner until seven o'clock. Well, you don't get off work till later and i mean it's 4 30 i have plenty <laughs> i have plenty of time still but my husband doesn't be... get home till like 5 30 and like i need a solid hour and i know it sounds bad because i work from home but i need a solid hour to chill out when to i get decompress off yeah that doesn't sound bad you're still working all day just because you're working from home doesn't mean you're not working doesn't mean you Aww. don't need time to like exist outside of that room you sit in all day I feel seen. I love you so much. That's true for anyone. It's true for anyone. Take a break, people. Do it. And on that note, we'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime, a Zencaster-powered podcast. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without them. Zencaster is simple to use and makes it easy to edit your own podcast. Zencaster gives you automatic, high-quality post-production sound, transcription, and HD video recordings of all of your episodes. If you want to start a podcast, and we think you should, click the link in the show notes or at our website and use the code GRUESOME with a capital G for 30% off your first three months. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcast on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which, we love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, Or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye.